It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Jay Crawford, Adam the Bull, Garrett Bush, Tyvis Powell, Jason Lloyd. Plus, you're loving him, Mikey McNuggets. And so many big names, it would take me hours to say all of their names. The ultimate Cleveland sports show starts now. Booyah! Hey, everybody, here we are, the ultimate Cleveland sports show. It's a Monday. I know people are feeling a little uh, down today because of it's not even, and we've, we've got Earl in today, by the way. We've got Jason in today. Earl is in for G. Bush, who is not feeling well. Every, it seems like once a month, G. Bush has got, you know, all, he's got all these messed up injuries from football. So once a, once a month, he can't move, basically. I don't <laughs> no, you're right. Of you're it, right. right. It's like once a month, he can't move. And so he can't, he can't drive. He can't come into work. Hopefully, he'll feel better tomorrow. Because it, it was funny, because I'm not going to divulge the conversation. Uh, but G- I got a call from G. Bush at 11 o'clock last night. He never calls. I'm not a big, you know, I'm not a big caller either. But but like he's doesn't call at all. And he just called me out of the blue at 11 o'clock last night. And I'm like, I, I was like, what is going on? Yeah. And we talked for a little bit. But anyway, he was doing all right last night. But obviously this morning he woke up, he was messed up. Uh, but here's the thing, guys. And we'll start with Jason. And for me, it's not necessarily that they lost to Seattle because I think we all expected that. It's just how they lost. That's, that's the more painful thing. In a way. Sure. Obviously, it hurts because you're in it at the end. You have a chance to win it at the end, and you think you're going to win it. And yeah. then I will get into the third and three. I know everyone wants to go ballistic yeah. over that. I'm not going to go as ballistic. I don't know if anyone here. You might be in. You might be. You might be looking for G. Bush because <laughs> G. would go crazy on the third and three. But I don't know if anyone here is going to. I feel like Jay would have also. Right? Jay would have for sure. <laughs> Jay would have lost his mind. Jay and G. would lose their mind over yeah, that play yeah, call. Yeah. I'll tell you why as we get into it. I'm not as hot and bothered by it, uh, but it's it's disappointing for sure. But nobody thought they were going to win that game, and the fact that they were co- as competitive as they were, you know, we talked about it. It's you're four and three. Winning the Colts game, beating the 49ers allowed you to not necessarily have to have that one. Now you come home against the Cardinals team you should beat. So it stinks, but not every loss is the end of the world. I'm sorry. Like, you, you don't have to fire the coach every time you lose the right. game. It is a little crazy. Earl has gone from uh, the Stefanski hater to the Stefanski apologist, apparently. <laughs> yeah. uh, Two or, weeks ago, go, I didn't yeah. like Stefanski People yesterday. blow with the wind there, Earl. Yeah. That's, that's how I, it goes. I mean, go I actually... I mean, the Browns played hard. They played a good game. They came in there. I thought they had a sound uh, game plan. They ran the ball effectively. They put themselves in position to come away with a win. Kevin Stefanski, I thought, had his third-string quarterback ready to play. I think it came down to a series of events in the last two and a half minutes of the game that ultimately cost the Browns the win. And those things happen in the NFL. Those things happen across the league. So, like, you know, I'm not going to really kill them for that. I do have an issue with the situational play calling and its totality. But I'm not going to kill him overall for a third and three. Like, it is what yeah. it is. Lots to get to today. Obviously, we got a three-man panel all this week. Jay's on vacation. Uh, and like I said, G. Bush not feeling well. We'll talk about the quarterback situation with the trade deadline. What is it, 4 p.m. tomorrow? 4 p.m. on Tuesday. Yeah, that's tomorrow. Yeah. So, the, the trade – So 
I said tomorrow, and then you said Tuesday, as if that was you're I, both correct. Tomato, tomato. Uh, yeah. want to see it. Twenty nine hours away from the trade deadline. We'll get into that, but obviously, all the quarterback situation. We will talk about the defense. We will. T- we'll talk about it all. Everything that happened. The whole show's about uh, what happened yesterday's game and what the Browns may do in the next twenty nine hours. But before I give. My initial thoughts on the game. Let's go to Mikey McNuggets, who you've heard from already. Here we go, Mike. What's up, guys? If you guys do need to hear G. Bush, you can go back and check it out on yesterday's postgame show. He was definitely, as Jason said, hot and bothered by the third down play call. So if you don't get the anger you need from these three guys, go watch our postgame show yesterday, and you will hear the anger from G. Bush. Before we get into the rest of yesterday's game against Seattle, you can score score early this season with FanDuel. It's America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if you hit a winning money line bet of any magnitude. So if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action than right now. The app is so easy to use, and they have a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and much, much more. So visit FanDuel.com slash UCSS to kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, an official partner of the NFL, an official partner of the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show, and you might be the next Marcus Wood, who turned a $5 bet into a $337 profit yesterday with a five-part Anytime touchdown score or parlay, he had A.J. Brown, Jordan Addison, Tyree Kill, Jamar Chase, and Mark Andrews. They all scored, so we turned $5 into $377.17. You can become the next Marcus Wood and get a little richer if you're using FanDuel.com. I had a four-leg parlay, uh, anytime touchdown parlay that missed by one leg. And then I had uh, my parlay for the Bengals and 49ers game that missed by one leg. Brandon Ayuk didn't score cost me about 400 bucks and Cooper uh, Cup didn't score cost me about another yeah, Cooper Cup had a, didn't do anything the Rams were terrible but um uh so that's that's actually a good parlay because it paid a lot on five bucks and all five of those guys none of them were long shots to score touchdowns but you still got to hit all five but it's no. a pretty good payoff considering there were no long shots in that in that mix also the uh at FanDuel the uh, Browns were a seven and a half point favorite against Arizona for this week Kyler Murray is not starting uh, they already announced that Josh Dobbs is going to start. Kyler Murray may start next week, but they're at least for another week. We'll settle good. once and for all if the Browns should have traded Josh Dobbs. <laughs> it's Josh Dobbs against P.J. Walker. Exactly. I, t- I told oh, Mike God. yesterday at the end of the postgame show, I said, man, don't let Josh Dobbs come in here and boil out. <laughs> oh, you think I'm we calling have, off Oh, Monday. my goodness. <laughs> and Arizona's been bad. I mean, they're the, you know, they they have the worst record them yeah. in Carolina. Carolina got their first win. But my initial thoughts, and then we'll get specifically to the play call, guys. Um, the Browns played a hell of a game. Overall, yeah. right? Like, uh, uh, they played, they went to Seattle. It's as tough a place to play as there is in the league. They were in the, you know, doubt, when they went down 14 nothing early, we probably all thought they were getting boat raced in this game. I know I did. Did you think that? I think so? too. Jason? It was you, looking bleak. It was looking bleak. And then, the, for the most part, the defense played well the rest of the way, and the offense did just enough, you know. But this is the NFL. This is where we're at. And, this year, it feels like it's more balanced than ever. You look at the AFC. There's only one team with less than three wins in the entire AFC, and that's New England. That's it. 15 of the 16 teams in the AFC are between three and six wins. It's going to come. It's going to be tough, and this is the best division in football. You look at that. Now, we'll get into all of that, and we'll get into the big picture of the division because obviously the division is really tough with the Bengals looking back to normal, yep. the Ravens winning and looking great. Steelers lost, they played terribly, and the Browns lose. 
Guys, let's start with the third and one play, or third and three play at the end of the game. Because I would argue that going into that play, um, you, you could have argued that Kevin Stefanski had called nearly a perfect game in that game. I, I, I thought he did a tremendous job for most of the day. When that play first happened, I texted our group chat and I said, I don't like it. I don't like throwing the ball there. As I've had time to settle now, you know, 18 hours or whatever later, uh, I, I, I don't dislike it as much as I did at the time. Now, if I had my druthers, I still would have ran the ball there. The analytics point to it being close. Oh, you said new stuff, and I didn't get a chance to look at it. Yeah. What did the new analytics say? Well, it wasn't analytics. I just, well, first of all, before yeah. I do that, yeah. here's the thing that I think, this is why I think it's low-hanging fruit to go after that play. Yeah. They had a third and three, three plays earlier and threw it, and nobody said a word. Like, well, nobody's going crazy over that. It was the third only, and three. The difference to me there is that first third and three, there's four minutes to go in the game. Three, 340. Right. So there, there's way more time. So you need to get a first down, and you have, in theory, a better chance to get a first down throwing the ball. Whereas at this, at, at this juncture in the game, it's more risky. First of all, you're further down the field, so you can bury, the, you can bury them if you punt. They're only 10 yards farther. Seven yards farther. But 10 yards and two minutes. But the, but, the clock's, but the clock's going to stop at the two-minute. That's true. And that's why, yeah. I mean, Daryl Johnson said on the broadcast, I didn't go to Seattle. It's yeah. one of the few games I'll miss. I didn't want to fly that far. Yeah. So he said on the broadcast, the whole playbook is open here. That's right. Because you're going to the two-minute warning. Now, if you really hate the play call, I'm going to give you data to support it. I went back since, tw- since the start of 2020 and looked at run versus pass, converting third and three specifically Third and three. And you, I could put in all kinds of ramifications about the score and where you're positioned on the field, but I try to keep it simple. Third and three in the NFL since 2020 when Kevin got here, if you run it, you're converting 58% of the time. Passing is 49% of the time. But the Browns, since Kevin got here, are converting 57% of the time when they're throwing it on third and exactly three. Yeah. So What are, what are they converting it and running the ball? I have it. Uh, give me a second. Now look. Yeah. I think they're but, really close. They're really yeah. close to the league average. Yes. But all of those runs were with Nick Chubb. Um, the the vast majority of those you would think on third and three. Right. But the passes weren't with as bad. As, the even though the Browns haven't had good quarterback play, PJ Walker's the worst. Two things can be true. Yeah. They didn't have good quarterback play. They didn't have it this bad. PJ's terrible. But the I mean, I look at it as like. For whatever reason, he was locked in on Amari. He was going to Amari from the snap. Right. There were guys so, wide open. So he didn't give the play a chance to develop. I don't know if he could have seen him even if he did. Because Jerome Ford was wide open in the middle of the field, but Petonio was blocking his view. So I don't even know. He would have had to he would have had to hold the ball and wait for it to develop. And he didn't do that. From the jump, he was going to Amari. If it I mean the the odds of it hitting a guy's helmet are one in a million. It may have been picked even if it didn't hit his helmet because Amari was covered. Yeah. The other guys weren't. So I it, I just think if you're going to complain about that one play call, I don't understand why people aren't more hostile about the third and three when they threw it three plays earlier. It was three plays earlier, and they threw it then on third and three. A lot and of the reaction. Nobody said a word. A lot of the reaction obviously is prisoner it's of the because moment it was because picked. it didn't work. Sure, Earl, your take on the third and three throwing the ball. I mean, you can easily look and say, "Well, we should have, could have, would have run it," but I had no issue with it because up until that point, I thought Kevin Stefanski had, had called a great game. So why, like, go over the hill and try to, like, you know, kill him because yeah. he called one play that's quote-unquote questionable? You know, for the most part, P.J. Walker did a pretty damn good job moving the football throughout the game. I thought the run game was solid. I thought the pass game was, 
you know, decent, you know, for lack of a better word, considering the situation that we were in. Of course, he had those turnovers. But no, I mean, I can't sit up here and point to that one thing and say that's why the Cleveland Browns lost this game. Because the truth of the matter is, yeah, he called that play. The ball was picked off. But you know what? The defense still stepped out on, on that field. And the defense still allowed that offense to drop all the way down the field yeah. and get the game winning touchdown. That's right. And so it's so easy to just, you know, when you're frustrated, when you lose a game that everybody think we should have won, it's so easy to say, okay, well, this is the reason, that's the reason, that's the reason. And to me, like I said to open the show, it was a series of events within the last two and a half minutes of the game. I felt like that would cost the Browns to win. It wasn't just a third and three play call. Well, it's been this way three weeks in a row, right? The Browns got the breaks against San Francisco. They got the breaks against Indianapolis. I thought all the call, all the penalties went their way again yesterday. I did too. They did. And they, but in the end, the tip ball, the interception, they can't stop them. You know, what are you going to do? Uh, real quick, to yeah. answer your question, on running, the Browns are right around the league average. So they're right at 59%. League average is 58%. So they're real close. So the Browns are even on third and three. Even on third and three when running. They're way above on third and three when throwing. So I still think the smart play there was to run. Well, here's the thing. But... It's not egregious enough that I'm going to get worked up about it. And it's funny, if, if they don't get it, and I don't know who you trust in that spot. I know everyone's right. going to scream Kareem Hunt because everyone thinks Kareem's great, and I get it, whatever. I don't. I don't either. I, think he's, I, I don't think he's as bad as you are I, making him out. I've just said he's, you he's said got he had, three wheels. You said, hey, somebody tweeted at me yesterday, say, three wheels. Yeah. I tweeted something about Kareem Hunt. I, I was like, okay, that's I mean, a, he's averaging that's three yards that, per carry. Uh, I mean, he's, the league average, I think, is like 4.2 yards a carry. He's below the league average. Well below. So, yeah. I mean. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. He's leak. That's, that's again, for just yesterday. With three wheels, you can still go real far on a tricycle. I'm just saying, people, if Kareem Hunt that's was what's from, impressive, the four touchdowns. Well, yeah. I mean, most of them have been around the goal line, but one, he had the long run that I remember. They, it was the great play call, and they pitched it, it out pit, to yeah. him. Yeah. And other, others have been around the goal line, but whatever. If Kareem Hunt was from Poughkeepsie and went to Ball State, nobody give a shit about him. But it's because he's from here. Like, that's the whole thing. Fine. Whatever. But if they didn't get it, I bet you they go for it. I bet you he goes for it on fourth down. If it's fourth and one, if they run it and don't get it, and then people would really lose their minds. But Kevin is playing to win the game they were, every time. He wants yeah. to win the game. I, and I love that. And sometimes it's going to backfire when you do that, and that's why I do like Kevin Stefanski. Because you put the game in the hands of the defense against San Francisco, and what the Niners do? They ran right down the, the field on you yeah. and got in position to kick a field yeah. goal. Now, against the Colts, they did get a stop late. They gave up 38 points, but they did force a stop late to get the ball back and allow the Browns to go down the field. And, and the, the Seahawks just cut right through them after the turnover. Yeah, yeah. Well, so who's to say that they don't punt it and the same thing happens? That's right. Because, by the way, so the, the Seahawks started that drive. Let, let's save the defense for a little bit because I want to get to the quarterback stuff. Can I Mike. chime in one thing yeah, real quick ahead. on what Jason just alluded to with yeah. the defense and the coaching? I'm never going to criticize a coach for being aggressive and trying to get a first down to end the game. Yeah. I think there's like a, an extreme that goes too far. But in that situation, 
if Kevin Stefanski felt throwing the ball to P.J. Walker gave them the best chance to get a first down, and a first down ends the game. A first down in that situation, yeah. game over. I, I just It in, didn't work out. Listen, in the end— But I'm not going to criticize him for, for that mindset. You, listen, you, if you feel—I disagree with the play call. And I almost never, as you know, talk about play calling. I think and it's I way you, overblown. I wish you would have ran it, too. I would have run it because I don't trust P.J. Walker in a big spot. I think he's shown you that through three weeks. We'll get to that. And we'll get to that in a second. But, it, again, it's a toss-up call. Do you, That's tr- do you trust to do. Strong to get you three yards or Kareem to get you three yards? I, I would have trusted them to get three yards more than him in the air. That's not fair. Not by a lot. I can't, I can't but, disagree with yeah, that. Yeah. But I think you're picking between the lesser of two evils. Yeah, that's fair. Like, you don't have Nick Chubb. You don't I have actually like what I saw from Pierre Strong. We'll get to that, too. Guys, the biggest story is the quarterback <laughs> situation here. All right? We just talked about it. The AFC is loaded. The Browns are 4-3. and three. Their defense will get to the you know how good they really are. I think the nonsense about all-time great defense is out the window. Uh, the running game is good enough, I think. We'll see if they do it. But... The quarter, P.J. Walker is awful. Think about this. This is how bad P.J. Walker is. That Earl just said, and I said this on my podcast yesterday, he played a pretty good game. We thought of yesterday's performance by P.J. Walker as a pretty good game. Look at those statistics. They're awful. Awful. (laughs) We thought it was a pretty good game because he made like, Five or six nice throws. There's also a fumble in there, which is yeah. shown on the ground. Three turnovers. Three He's turnovers. Awful. He is awful, you know awful, what? awful, awful. I just thought of this, yeah. and I'm probably going to get in trouble for saying this. It may not be the terrible thing that they lost because they shouldn't be continue to be rewarded for this terrible running this terrible quarterback play out and winning these games. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Like against San Francisco, played terrible, won the game. Against Indianapolis, played terrible, won the game. At some point. You need to be held accountable for the decisions that you make and the quarterbacks that you Basically, like if the Browns would have won that game, that would have been three in a row, and Andrew Berry would have had the opportunity to sit back and be like, see, well, I, think I ain't got to go get no quarterback. I think they're going to do that anyway. But they, but. they are, and that's the point I was trying to make last night on the postgame show. Like, the quarterback play is horrible. P.J. Walker is, is not a good quarterback. He's a third-string quarterback, so we shouldn't even have an expectation of him to be a good quarterback. The frustration comes from – We've been told this is what you got. Now go deal with it. And I think some people are the people who are screaming this morning, go fire Kevin Stefanski. You got to give Kevin Stefanski some credit. You know, PJ Walker threw for 248 yards, right? Your, your, your head coach had all week to get your third string quarterback ready. And to me, with that being a decent game and we know it's a bad game, you got to give some kudos because PJ Walker is probably not capable of throwing for 240 yards, yeah. you know, every single That's about week. as well as he can play. That's Absolutely. about as well as he can play. That's as well as he and, can play. And yes. that was the most passing yards that the Seahawks defense has surrendered since week three of the season. You which know what is, I mean? Which is what I've been saying yeah. since the man got here. He's had the best – Baker had his best year under him. Jacoby Brissett had his best year under him. He gets the best out of whatever you give him. He's going to ring out the very best, except for Sean. It hasn't worked out yet. But with all these other guys who have been yeah. just average middle-tier quarterbacks – Kevin gets the best out of them. The Browns have had the worst quarterback play in the NFL this year. The worst. It's not close. And yet they're four and three. Yeah. Go ahead, Mike. I got a stat to prove exactly what you just said. But before I do that, I need to remind the people out there that FanDuel is America's number one sportsbook. And this stat is brought to you by FanDuel. Right now, brand new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 bucks 
win or if your team wins a simple money line bet they could be a minus 900 favorite that's 150 bucks in bonus bets if that five dollar bet wins so if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel there's no better time to get in on the action than right now the app is so easy to use they have player prop spreads over-unders and much much more so visit FanDuel.com slash UCSS to get in all the action FanDuel America's number one sports book and an official partner of the NFL so you talked about the, the Browns, Browns by the way in in turnover margin We'll get to that in a sec. Okay. But let me tell you this stat about the yeah. quarterbacks real oh, quick. Oh, yeah, sorry. This is some deep analytics going to make it super simple for you. Yeah. EPA, expected points above average, which is the most basic bottom line, and CPOE, completion percentage above expected. Two pretty basic analytics. When you combine it together, you get a composite score, and this is pretty telling. There are 35 quarterbacks in the NFL that qualify with enough passes thrown. Steve, you can take this graphic full. Of the 35 quarterbacks... Take a look at this. Mac Jones is 31st with a combined composite score of 0.23. Josh Dobbs, who we'll see this weekend. Yeah, he stinks too. 32nd in the NFL, 0.18. Yeah. Kenny Pickett has not been good this year. 0.009. Zach uh, Wilson, also terrible with a 0.04. And look at that. There's number 35, dead last. P.J. Yeah. Walker with a minus. The only quarterback with a minus composite CPOE plus EPA in the league of a 0.42. On the negative side. Where is Deshaun Watson? Does not actually qualify. Oh. Where would he be, do you know? I could look it up, but I don't know off the top of my head. I mean, yeah, I mean, it just says it all. <laughs> I mean, and the, It doesn't get worse than that. The, and the it's Browns, not even close between him and Zach Wilson. The Browns have turned the ball over at an alarming rate. Seven uh, turnovers in the fourth quarter. Seven, they're four and three, averaging a turnover per game in the fourth quarter. Seven turnovers in the fourth quarter. That leads the league. I was trying to run something real quick before the show, and I couldn't get it to work. But yeah. according to our data, seven turnovers in the fourth quarter tied with, I think, the Bears for the most in the NFL for fourth quarter turnovers. There you go. The tur- their turnover differential is minus seven. That's 31st in the league. You're supposed to be two and five. Oh, yeah. Oh, for sure. At best. And that, I mean, you know, we could sit here. They should be. I could make an easy argument that they'd be five and two. I can make an easy argument that they'd be two and five. So four and three is probably about what they should yeah. be. It's just, I, I go back to what Andrew Berry said uh, during this press conference during the bye week. You know, and he talked about the number one priority going forward for this football team was protecting the football and not turning it over. Right. And yet, that's an issue that still has not been corrected. Well, and, yeah. And, and, and it's mostly been. Inter- it's mostly been by the quarterback. Yeah, whether yeah. it's fumbles by the quarterback, no matter yeah. who's back there, interceptions by the quarterback, no matter who's back there. Right. It's frustrating. You can't win games when you when you turn the ball over. Real quick, right. boy. You know, the running game and the defense. In my opinion, the Browns have a defense and a running game that travels. The Browns ran the ball forty times yesterday for one hundred and fifty-five yards and three point nine yards a carry. The That's Browns not good. Yeah, but just, just hear me out. Yeah, you still rank top three as far as rushing yards a game. That the Browns, the Browns yeah. defense, I think, no, it's not all-time great, but it's yeah. still a pretty damn good defense. The whole point to my argument is the Browns got two units that in the NFL historically they travel, a good run game and a good defense. And it's so frustrating that we don't get competent quarterback play that would kind of help even everything out. Yeah, it's, it's frustrating as hell that this is what we had to deal with all season long. There's no, there's no excuse in my mind. And Jason, why why do you think the Browns are not going to trade for a quarterback? I have no logical explanation. Because the, the, Jacoby Brissett makes a lot of sense. I don't know if there's anyone outside of him. To me, it's Brissett. Like, it, it, we talked about it last week. He fits on the cap. Yeah. He fits with, what uh, theoretically, what you would have to give up. 
and he knows the system enough to where he could be a plug and play guy. Now he hasn't taken a snap since August of yeah. importance. So you, that's something to factor in. But there's just there's no other great options out there. So it's it's either Jacoby or Stickley, which you got, I, I guess. I, again, but, I, I think still think Andy Dalton makes some sense too. But he doesn't know the system and how long is it going to take him to get up to speed. He's a veteran quarterback. He play, He's played a game this year. He's not going to play Sunday. Jacoby Brissett, you can trade for him today and he plays Sunday. Has Andy Dalton ever played in a system similar to what Kevin Stefanski I, runs? I'm not sure. I, I'm not sure. I don't, I don't. And the only reason I ask that is because, yeah, I want another quarterback too. Yeah. But then the other side of it is like, okay, who can you bring in here that'll be ready to play right there? Yeah. I don't, outside I, of Jacoby Brissett or Josh Dodd. I think is a, vet, is a veteran quarterback. He's played a ton of games. I don't think it's, this is not rocket science. It's football. Well, you know, I mean, come on. Here's, here's and the, by the way, you could, you could survive. Like the, the Cardinals at home, even with P.J. Walker, they should be able to win sure. that game. Yeah, they should. But and, and the, it comes back to Deshaun. And if, if Deshaun is out for an extended period of time and you can fill in the blank on what that number is, it doesn't matter. You're screwed. We said it all summer long. And it, it feels like we're trying to move the goalposts on and out. Everybody said it all summer. If Deshaun goes down, it's over. Right. Well, guess what? Deshaun went down. And now it, it's, this, it's this ambiguous injury of no one really knows when he's going to be back. So you're trying to hold the boat together until he comes back. And then you hope that he plays like he did against Tennessee and not in all the other games before it when he does. It's a really difficult spot to be in. So the only reason to, to me that you don't make a trade is because you just feel like Deshaun's going to be out a really long time, and it doesn't matter because I said it last week. If you traded for Jacoby Brissett, it's to address the wound. You're not trying to you're not trying to amputate an arm and attach a new one. You're just trying to but, get through the next couple. of It's triage for the next couple of weeks. But if they thought he was going to be out for the season, why wouldn't they put him on IR? Well, and they and Pam Oliver said before the game that hasn't been ruled out. That was news to me because it, that that had never really been discussed I, before. I mean, this this idea that even if the shot listen. Um, their defense is not playing as well as it was earlier in the season. Still a good defense. It's still a, it's good, still a defense, good defense, but right? it's not this historical. They got a decent running game. And average. The running game. Yeah, I, I don't decent. know why suddenly we're thinking that their running game is. Well, because they have total yards. It's just because they run a lot. But, you know. It's very average. It's, it's, you think so? Yes. Yeah. Yes. I, I agree with Without you. Without Nick, it's. it's and and, I'll get, and I'll, average is better than I thought it was going to be. I thought it would be worse than average. Yeah. So it's better than I thought, but it's still very average. But the point is, like. The AFC is very topsy-turvy. I, I mean, nobody looks that great. The teams look great. Like, the Bengals this week look like the best team in the AFC. But that's one week. Right. I don't know. Is that what they're going to be the rest of the season? Miami looked because like the best, league, best team in the league a couple weeks ago. Right. And then this week they didn't. Right. The Chiefs. The Chiefs. Got boat raced. I, wasn't it his, like, first loss to the Broncos or something like that? I believe yeah. so. So, nobody's perfect. And defense has seemed early in the season to be catching up with offense a little bit. I'm still not sold that that's the case and that in the second half of the year it won't be different like it was last year. But maybe, you know, so even if it is Jacoby Brissett, yes, ultimately, whether it's P.J. Walker, Jacoby Brissett, Andy Dalton, you're not winning in the playoffs with those Correct. guys. Correct. Bottom line. Correct. You're not going to the Super Bowl with, with Jacoby Brissett. Anybody being realistic understands that. Yes. Um, but if you could... If the, let's say Deshaun Watson, you could sit him for let you, you, you shut him out, shut him down until there's three weeks to go in the season. I think with Jacoby Brissett and the rest of the team, you could make the playoffs. I don't think they can with PJ Walker. I think that's the difference. Yeah, I mean, 
I think the difference between Brissett and Walker might be a game or even two. And that could be enough to get Absolutely. him to play. I mean, maybe they win yesterday with Jacoby. I don't, I don't I know. I think they probably would have. Maybe they do. We'll never know, obviously. Yeah. But I do think Jacoby's an upgrade over PJ. To what extent? You know, I don't think Jacoby Brissett is the great savior of Cleveland Browns football this year. Of course year. not. No. Not by any means. No. But you're just trying to minimize the damage. And that's why I thought the move would have been made last week. Once yeah. Deshaun went down again, once you shut him down again, that's when you say, okay, we have to go do better than this. Right. It's not – you can fumble through one or two weeks with, with P.J. Walker. And it goes – it's sort of like the argument I made with Garoppolo last year. You can fumble through four or five games with Jacoby Brissett, but when you're talking about 11, you better go do better than that. Well, you can fumble through one or two games with P.J. Walker, but if you're talking four or five or six – you better go do better than that. And that Jacoby is that, to me, is that sweet spot of four, yeah. five, six games. Anything more than that, and you're really exposed so to So what is the downside to acquiring Jacoby Brissett? Well, either Washington doesn't want to play ball, which is unfair to Jacoby because it's an opportunity for him to go start. Right. And I doubt or, that's the case. Or they're asking too much. And, I mean, this is a backup quarterback that hadn't thrown a meaningful pass all year. I don't see how the price could be anything higher than what the Browns got for Dobbs. That fifth round pick. Uh, I have to go. I could see it be a little higher because Brissett's better. Uh, he hasn't thrown a pass all year. Like okay. fourth round pick, I'd give up before. They don't have a four. That's part of the problem. They lo- they they lost their four to the Deshaun trade. So that's where maybe yeah. things get a little bit sticky. But and uh, and every dollar counts. We've talked about it with the yeah. cap and with the rollover and everything. And it's not about Jimmy spending money. It has nothing to do with that. It's about trying to fit everything under the cap next year and the year after. After. That's fine, but the Brissett is not going to affect it that much. Agree. Yeah. Every dollar counts, but Brissett at this point is probably around a million and a half or so. Yeah. I mean, so, it, but uh, also you have really limited resources here, and what you can do in trade, and with cap and everything else. And if they've identified another spot that they think is more critical, I don't know what could be more critical <laughs> in the quarterback. None. But yeah. I'm just saying, like you know, we heard, I think Diana Rossini from from our place said yeah. last week they were going to look at a receiver. Okay, well, I still I stand by what I said last week. I don't know how you can evaluate this receiver group when you've got these guys throwing to them that they have throwing to them. You what is fix the point the of getting spot. a receiver if you don't if you, have a If you have P.J. Walker throwing it to them. Yeah, it, that, that, that makes no yeah. sense. Yeah, so to me, you have to address the quarterback spot. I just, I just I don't think they're going to do it. I don't think so either. Like, Mike asked that question yesterday. I said 0% that the Cleveland Browns addressed the quarterback, uh, backup quarterback position before the trade there. 0%. When Jason said what he said last week, right, we live in two worlds sometimes. The, uh, we live on one part of me, you know, we hope and wish Andrew Berry do this. But then once you get uh, information from a few different sources, you got to come to the reality side of things. They're not calling Washington to trade for Jacoby Brissett. And by all accounts, it looks like, OK, this is what we stuck with. Yeah, you, we stuck with P.J. Walker and we stuck with like DTR. It's frustrating as hell because, you know, I view Andrew Berry smarter than that. I view him as a man that's more prepared than that. And up until this point, any time that there was an issue with any point uh, or any, you know, roster on his part, position on his team, when it comes to the roster, you know, he, he kind of did a good job of addressing it swiftly. And it seems like when it comes to this quarterback position, it's like, you know, you want to be timid. You don't want to go out there and do what you know is necessarily it's necessary. You're wasting a good defense. I think you're wasting a, a run game that's even without Nick Chubb proven to at least be average. And average is good enough to still be able to give you some success. So, yeah, it's very frustrating to know for a fact that we got to continue to deal with P.J. Walker or DTR until Deshaun Watson comes back. And then even when Deshaun Watson comes back, we don't even know how, like, effective he, yeah, he can be on the team. Yeah, we're not going to trust and So, like, it, it's, it's just frustrating all the way around the board. One thing, one bit of news on the Guardians here real quick before we continue with our Browns conversation. Zach Meisel of The Athletic 
reports that Craig Council is in Cleveland today to meet with the Guardians about their managerial opening. League sources tell him and Will Salmon also of the, uh, of the Athletics. So Craig Council, who was my top choice to be the Guardians' new manager in Cleveland. He's probably using the Guardians for leverage with the Brewers or Mets. But, uh, yeah, I don't see it. But we'll Let see. me ask you guys like a question real yeah. quick. In a hypothetical world, the Browns do not make a trade by tomorrow's deadline, by Tuesday's deadline, Bull, by the October 31st <laughs> deadline, just tomorrow. to make sure we cover yes, all. Yes, yes. By Halloween's deadline. I don't know where deadline. the lunar eclipse and the moon is, but yeah. by tomorrow's deadline at 4 yeah. p.m., which means either Deshaun, PJ, or DTR. Let's say Deshaun needs one more week to heal up his shoulder. Would you start DTR against Arizona, or would you roll out P.J. Walker one more time? I'll say, now listen, I'm not in <laughs> practice, so I don't know what he looks like there. I would, from the outside looking in, I would, I would give DTR a shot. Because P.J. Walker's played three games, he's been awful. Now, DTR was awful in his first game, but he wasn't, you know, like his, he's a rookie, got kind of thrown in there at the last second. I think that was a tough spot. This is a great spot. It's home against Arizona. So if Watson can't go, now, if DTR has been a disaster in practice, then I wouldn't do it, but I don't know that. If he's looked like he's been improving, I would give him a shot. Jason? Here's why I stick with PJ, even though we just got done yeah. just lambasting the poor man. You can't, you can't keep this conga line at quarterback. And, okay, so you want to play DTR against the Cardinals, fine. Well, then you're going on the road to Baltimore. That just absolutely dismantled DTR last time he was out there. So you really want to put him back in that environment. I would like to see him get another shot. If Deshaun's really going to be out for an extended period of time, I would like to see Dorian get another chance at this. And Arizona makes sense, but then what are you going to do? Then you're going to stick with him in a lion's den in Baltimore? I, I would if he played, you know, I mean, you got to try something. Yes. I can't keep this guy. But, but they're one bad throw away from winning again with P.J. Walker. I hear you, but... And then we're not having this conversation at all. P.J. Walker in his career in the NFL, six touchdowns, 18 turnovers. I know. I mean, this is insane. I, I know. I agree. But 18... What is he just with the Browns this year? Just this season. Yeah, I know he has two fumbles lost. If you go to 14A, Steve, he has six turnovers. Yeah. Or six turnovers, yes. And Steve One will pull it up now. here. He has the one touchdown pass. This and no rushing touchdowns. No rushing touchdowns. Five interceptions. Five interceptions. I thought he had two, two fumbles, fumbles lost. Two fumbles. Yes. So seven, seven One touchdown and seven, seven turnovers. Turn That's crazy. Under a 50% completion percentage. You really cannot play worse. I don't think it's possible. But you also, you have, if you still believe Dorian is your long-term investment as right. the backup, his first experience was awful. Yeah. And I think you want to set him up for success. And Arizona does sound like setting him yes. up for success. But then you've got Baltimore and Pittsburgh, and those are games you've got to have. You've well, got to have this. those games. What if you think, what if you think right now, and girl, I'm going to get your take on DTR in one second, but what if you think that Watson can be back for Baltimore? If the Browns think Watson can be back for Baltimore, are you more likely to stick with P.J. Walker for one more week or say, let's get Dorian Thompson-Robinson feeling good against one of the worst teams in the league in Arizona, and then we go back to Watson? It's... It, it's I think I would still stick with PJ because this looks like a this is a win on the schedule, right? Like if you see a dollar on the ground, bend over and pick it up. And if PJ Walker can beat the Niners and he can beat the Colts despite playing as terrible as he does, yeah, I would rather just bend over and pick up the dollar. Mm-hmm. If I know Deshaun's coming back against Baltimore, just bend over and pick up the dollar. Don't try and get cute and 
if it get, if it's a wreck with Dorian again, if he's a disaster again, and you go got to got to go back to PJ, yeah. you like the practice reps are really really important, and I try to make that point last week, and we saw it. Like PJ, he wasn't good yesterday, but he was better than he was the week before. Why? Well, he had all the practice reps last week. And now if you keep stacking those practice reps and you give him those starters practice reps again this week, now, if, you know, if you want to throw Dorian in there and now you're starting him off with just one week of practice reps, at least with PJ, right. you're building That's consistency fair. with practice reps. You're giving him the same looks. You're giving him the opportunity to build on the week before and the week before. Neither situation is ideal by any means. And I know I'm kind of talking out both sides of my mouth because I do want to get another look at, at Dorian Thompson Robinson. I want to see what he's got. But with you're trying to make the playoffs right now, and there's jobs on the line, and you got two huge games looming after this one, and I don't know that anyone can say with any sort of certainty right now when Deshaun's going to be back. I think for me, I look at it like this: the two the two quarterbacks that's in this room that we know are going to be here is Deshaun Watson and DTR. I honestly wanted to see DTR get another shot the very next week versus San Francisco. The reason being. When you're going up against a defense like that, even if you don't play your best, it's only up from here. There's so many lessons to learn for a quarterback that's have to, that have to go up against that type of defense. I felt like even if the performance wasn't that great, he could have learned from it and got better. But to me, boy, what they did was I feel like you kind of like shook his confidence. You know what I mean? The first time you go out there and you do something for the very first time and you don't do it right, and then they snatch it away from you, and then they don't want to give it back to you, now he might be in his head questioning, well, damn, can I do this job for real? Or, yeah. damn, I thought y'all had my back. He went from quarterback two to quarterback three just like that, and we ain't heard much else from him. Um, I would so would you put him in this week? No, 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 at this point, because I feel like you had your opportunity, right. you know, to get him ready weeks ago. And now at this point, if you put him in there, you're taking reps away from P.J. Walker, and he's had the majority of the reps outside of Deshaun Watson for the last three weeks. Last week, he just got a full week of practice. Pretty sure he'll get a full week of practice again this week. You know, I just felt like if you was going to see what DTR had again, you had the opportunity to do that the very next week. Instead, you snatched it away from him. And in my mind, I think you did more to hurt him versus help him by doing that. Now, we fast forward to where we are right now. You absolutely need to go out here and beat the Arizona Cardinals. And for as horrible as the situation is, P.J. Walker probably gives you the best opportunity to go out here and beat the Arizona Cardinals. I know that sounds crazy to say that, but that's how I feel. And so going forward, you know, it just feels like this is what we have. And we just going to have to stick it out with P.J. until Deshaun Watson comes back. Um, the bra- I, I, this is untenable. This is frustrating. And I bet the I, 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 fans have to be losing their minds right now that P.J. like. P.J. Walker probably shouldn't be in the NFL. That's how bad he is. He's a practice squad emergency third-string quarterback. At best. Yeah. At best. And, by the way, Josh Dobbs, you know, for all the criticism, Josh Dobbs sucks. Yeah. He's not any good either. All right? Nice guy. Better than P.J. Walker, probably. But he's also terrible. And he's also way worse than Jacoby Brissett. And everybody wanted Jaco- everybody wanted Josh Dobbs last year, and everybody wanted uh, DTR. We were all everybody was all excited, and now the but now you have to do something, and I I'm not buying, I'm not accepting that they're going to do nothing here in the next twenty, and it doesn't even have to be in the next twenty something hours because in theory you could have signed a free agent. I think Jason, there's no excuses to me. I don't want to hear it. If if the Browns don't make the playoffs. 
you know, I, I had Barry and Stefanski together. Mm-hmm. But right now, like if, I, if you said to me, well, you got you to fire one of them. To me, it's no doubt I'm firing Barry before I'm firing Stefanski right now. Now, I wouldn't fire either of them right now. Right. But if I had to choose, to me, I'm not firing Stefanski. I mean, he lost Jack Conklin. He lost Nick Chubb. He lost his quarterback, and they're 4-3. and three. I mean, what That's else right. do you want from that? That's right. Now, listen, other teams are dealing with injuries, too. Sure, but those are franchise pillar, well, not Conklin, but yeah, Nick yeah. Chubb and Deshaun Watson is your entire offense. I agree with both of y'all, but the reality is if somebody's going to get fired, it will be It'll Kevin Stefanski. It'll be Kevin. I don't think, think Kevin's going to get fired I, before I, Barry? I don't think Andrew, I think Andrew Barry won't get fired this year at all, no matter what. I, I, I listen, really believe there's that. There's no excuse for the step. The state of the Browns quarterbacks. I agree with right you. Now. No excuse. He has to go get somebody. Well, if, if they don't get anyone yeah. and they miss the playoffs, maybe we have that conversation. Yeah. But I, 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 go, I just go back. It really comes down to Deshaun. And they, they, it's the ambiguity of this injury mm-hmm. that I think is what's so frustrating. I said it last week. If he blew out his knee and he was out for the year, you can have a much different conversation maybe than where we're at now. But it's this... When's he coming back? No one really knows. How long is he out? How long do we have to hold the boat together? And it's the uncertainty of it all. Well, plus, Jason, as part of what you're saying, sorry to cut you off, but I feel like we've had six different uh, breakdowns of what his injury is. It's It's None of it has made sense. None of it has made sense. Go back to the very beginning. He says he's going to play. He says all week he's going to play. Everyone thinks he's going to play. He doesn't play. And then he comes back and he looks like he's throwing a medicine ball in the mm-hmm. game against the Colts. Clearly wasn't ready to play. So none of the messaging is lined up. None of this is really making sense. And that's only adding to sort of the, the haze over the whole thing. But again, we said it all summer. If Deshaun goes down, the season goes down. Well, that's what's happened. And they're still somehow holding this together. Somehow they still they're afloat. still holding this thing together. But we said all summer long, if the quarterback goes down, the season goes down. Yeah. And the quarterback went down. You know, he was asked uh, when he addressed the media this past week, you know, about the four to six time frame that he told people. And he said, basically, you know, I'm just giving you all the basic information based off the research that I've done. Right. You know what I mean? But he also followed that up with, you know, that was just the basic. I don't know how long I'll be out. I'm not sure when I'll be back. And the fact that the quarterback said itself, I'm not sure, that's more than enough reason for Andrew Barry to go make a move. Boy, I'm with you. Yeah. I think he should go make a move. But I'm telling you, I don't think that he will. Why? Who the hell knows? Because you cannot look at this team. You cannot look at the AFC and see where the Browns are and be like, okay, I'm just going to sick back with what I have. The Browns so are still right here in the thick of things, right? And like, if you're not going, they're a to playoff get, team as of today. Exactly. If you're not going to get them a quarterback, then you're wasting the efforts of every other unit on this team, and then you're making it harder and harder to evaluate your head coach. Everybody scream, you know, scream and fire Kevin Stefanski. Kevin Stefanski got his issues, but I don't think his issues warrants him to be fired. That's just my opinion. And it's hard to scream that when your general manager is not giving you a competent backup quarterback. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I can't take, honestly, right now, anybody saying Kevin Stavansky should be fired, I can't take it seriously. I mean, I can't. That's a, that's, it's ludicrous. It's absurd. <clears throat> but here's, I guess, one that we haven't discussed. Yeah. Why you go make a move at quarterback. And I talked about this with the running backs. The players, right? Absolutely. Yes. You got a locker room full of veterans, and they're looking at you like, what are you going to do about this? Yes. And there are a lot of guys that I, I think you could lose these guys mm-hmm. if yeah. you don't do anything. And that's that is a real concern that I think that they need to that they need Absol- to consider and discuss. I think that's a hundred percent true because 
the veterans on this team, the guys who have suffered through all the losing here, guys like Petonio, guys like Miles Garrett, yeah. who had a big sack late in the game, like they got to be thinking, like, okay, come on now, just give us, just give us competent play. Just give us play. a chance. Here we go again. That's give us a chance. Here, here, right? here we go again. Yeah. Go get like they got to all be thinking about Jacoby. Have you asked any of the players about Jacoby? Not specifically, and I don't know. Even off the record, I don't yeah. know that they would really go there. Okay, because I think that. But they, they all love Jacoby. Oh, they did. Yeah, they did. They would love, but, but they they loved him. But they know who he is. But they know his limitations. Right. But they know he's better than PJ Walker. Yes, and he probably gives them a better chance to Jacoby win. Jacoby Brissett is a legit top of the line backup quarterback. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Maybe even as high as bottom of the barrel starting. Absolutely. Yeah. He is somewhere between the. 28 and 33. Let me ask you a question because, you know, I've been screaming the same thing. Go yeah. get Jacoby Brissett. And the, the rebuttal has been with Earl. Why would the Washington Commanders play ball? Jason, you told us that, to your knowledge, as of Friday, the Browns hadn't even made a call. Had not called. Let's say hypothetically the Browns do call. What would be the reason why the Commanders would tell the Browns no? I don't know that they would tell them no. I think that they would just try and hold him hostage for a higher price than what he's really worth. And that could be part of the issue here. I mean, every other team knows how bad a shape the Browns quarterback situation is. Sure. And they're going to hold him up for a higher pick. Which is why I reached out to Diana and said, hey, check with Washington and see if they've even made the call. Yeah. And Diana got back to me within five minutes. She said, I already already checked and they hadn't made the call. Now, that was as of last Wednesday. Things could change. It all takes us five minutes for that to change. Either one of you ever heard the term, you playing in my face? No. So no. you hear it a lot from women when it comes to the relationships with, that they are with, in with me and when things is kind of rocky. They say, you playing in my face. Like, to me, that's what the Cleveland Browns are doing. The Browns right now are playing in our face, and we so stupid that we keep allowing them to play in our <laughs> face, right? You yeah, see where well. the Browns are right now in stance of the AFC. You see where, what you got with this team. You got a defense that's pretty damn good, top 10 defense. Yep. You got a run game that's based on yards per game. It's still a top five rushing attack, and yet your general manager is looking at this quarterback situation and trying to convince you that this is good enough to get by. Trying to convince you that this is good enough in a wide-open AFC that will help you have whatever success that you're going to have until Deshaun Watson comes back. And you got a portion of the fan base who's believing it, and you got a portion of the fan base that's saying, man, you out your damn mind. Yeah, I, I think the bottom line is they need to add it to position. Will they? I feel like we all we're yeah. all in agreement. Yeah, that yeah. PJ I mean, Walker, everybody, is unsustainable with what he's doing. It's like playing with fire. I the mean, last two weeks, the Browns against right. Indian San Francisco had played with fire and got out unscathed. Yeah, and this, this week, week they played happen. with fire and they got burned. And it as Jason said, the players know this. The players, yes. the veterans, they're like, you have to give us a chance. We can do it. Uh, I want to switch gears to the running game because we've alluded to it a little bit. Mike, can you do you have some analytics on where the Browns' running game ranks? Uh, I'll do a read. I'll look because into it. Because rushing yards per game to me is not a good stat. I mean, yards per, per attempt is better, but even that's a little flawed. I had uh, I, I pulled up a couple scatter charts over the weekend Yeah, um, where they were real close to league average. Yeah, I feel like the Browns have a league, are middle of the road in running game, and, and some of that credit goes to the to the – the offensive offensive line. line thank yeah. you. Hey, average but is better than I thought they were going to be way when Nick better. went down. Go ahead, Mike. Yeah, just real quick that. before we continue moving on here with the running yeah. back discussion. If you guys missed it and you guys do want to see someone lose their mind over Kevin Stefanski, I think we've been pretty level-headed. So if you want to see like the extreme anger, the outrage, 
head over to our post-game show from yesterday. G. Bush lost his mind about the third and three play call, and you can still see that. It's on our YouTube page. Uh, it was an hour and a half right after the game as the Browns had a chance to win, let it slip out their hands, and then G. Bush kind of exploded on Stefanski afterwards. So make Even sure he calmed down when I talked to him last night about it, uh, at least a little bit. He's, you know, he's an emotional guy, you know, in the moment. And in the moment, everybody gets frustrated. Everybody gets angry. We was yelling at each other yesterday. Oh, you were? I yeah, like me that. and G was yelling we, at each other on the postgame yeah. show. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's get into the running game, guys. Um, and I want to start with Pierre Strong, because as you guys know, I was talking all last week, I want to see Pierre Strong, I want to see Pierre Strong. It was a three-headed backfield with Kareem Hunt getting the most carries. We'll get to Kareem Hunt, his comments after the game. But, uh, guys, I was very impressed with what Pierre Strong did. He averaged over four yards a carry in his 10 carries, and then he had that nice catch and run for mm-hmm. 40 yards. All total, I believe he had 11 touches for 82 yards. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, 11 touches, 82 yeah. yards, 10 carries, 41, and one. That's, and a, long, long, that, that's a bad job out of me. I didn't have his 41 yards received yeah, on there. Yeah, the 41 yards The long screen pass, right? Yeah. yeah. And that was all him. Yeah. I mean, he, he made some nice catches. I think they got a little something with this guy. I'm not saying he's a superstar, Jason, or Earl, but I think they got a little something with this guy. I want to see more yeah, of him. Yeah, I like what do you him. Think? I like him. I like actually the room as a whole. You know what I mean? I like Pierre Strong. I think he runs hard. I think he's fast. I think he's a dude that can catch the ball out the backfield. He's somebody that can run between the tackles, and he got enough speed to get outside. You know, he was drafted in the same draft class as Jerome Ford. And he was drafted higher than Jerome that's Ford. That's right. So that should say a lot about him. But as, as a collective unit, Ford, Hunt, and Strong – I think they've done a pretty damn good job of, of keeping this running game from sinking, you know, in the absence of Nick Chubb. And I would love to see more strong going forward. And I think when you get opportunities like that and then you go out there and you prove yourself like that, you, you're only earning more reps. Yeah. I expect to see more reps from him in the Arizona Cardinals game. Jason, earlier you, you wanted the Browns to trade for a running back. Yeah. Do you feel that way now? I mean, if, if we have to pick, I'd take a quarterback over running back. Right. You know, again, they have limited assets in terms of what they can really do here. Yeah. Uh, I, I think we're seeing how the rest of the world lives, right? Like we lost the trust fund in Nick Chubb, right? And you're no longer you're no longer living in the high rent district. Now you're you're scraping to pay your bills every month now, and and this is how a lot of the teams do it. Where, you know, Jerome Ford gets a few carries, Pierre Strong hit him with Cream Hunt on third and one, yeah, and they're just trying to do enough to keep their head head above the water, and that's probably how it's going to be the rest of the year. I would, you know, we were talking about the trade scenarios earlier. I love the Saquon Barkley idea. Uh, that Mike came up with, but they oh have God, more press. He ran it like 40 times yesterday. <laughs> well, they're going to run the wheels <laughs> off him. They're yeah. showcasing him. Yeah, but, but if you can get Barkley, that's he's a game changer. He's a game changer, Yeah, especially on an offense that needs playmakers right now, right? Yeah. Like, right. this offense is desperate for playmakers. Yeah, I mean, if you're going to get a guy like that, like, I had, at one point we were talking Zach Moss, but I, I, the Colts, I, they're, they're playing uh, decent football. I, yeah, they're I, not going to trade him. And, and like, uh, I had mentioned Samaj P. Ryan. Uh, he's just another piece back. Right. I don't think you need a guy like right. that. Right. If you're not going to get a guy like Barkley, right. and then I don't see the point of getting a running I back. I totally these agree. three guys as a trio are doing well enough. It's like a platoon in baseball. You got the right-handed guy, right. you got the left-handed guy. You're just doing enough to get by. Yeah. I think they all complement each other, right? I think Kareem Hunt is the bruiser. I think he's the dude who runs, down, runs hard, physical downhill. And I think he does enough to kind of like – you know, wear down the opposing defensive line. Yeah. And then you bring those two change of pace guys in who can run inside and outside. And I think they all complement each other well. I think they've done a good job of not letting the Russian attack kind of like, 
You know, no, they have not been. I, I remember when when Nick Chubb first got hurt. We all, you know, not, everybody thought they'd be one dimensional. They have yeah. not been. Me and you was in the group chat like, go get Jonathan Taylor yeah, right, right now. Right, right. <laughs> Jason right. said it later. Yeah. Too. And, yeah. But what did you think of Pierre Strong? Because I I really like what I saw. I want to see more. Yeah, you know, I'm not going to declare him as the answer. Certainly not. But there is enough there to say, all right, let's give him some more carries yeah. to see. And when you talk about the success of the run game, you know, you've got two guards that are pretty good run blocking yeah, guards and. Uh, Dewan Jones is a little leaky at tackle on the run. He's much better as a pass yeah. protector than he is against the run. But right up the middle, you know, between the center and two guards, you got some pretty good run blockers there. So, you know, it makes sense that this, they could keep this thing going and keep it afloat. And they have. I actually, I know he's had some big plays. I actually like Ford the least of the three guys right now. Uh, I think Hunt I've been has his role as the short down back. I yeah. think he's good in that role. Yeah, I've been disappointed with Jerome Ford. Yeah, I, I thought there would be more there than what we've seen. We've seen a little bit of a home run ability. He's broken off a couple of long runs, but outside yeah. of that, that's he it. looks like just a guy. It's the lack of consistency. He has the home run ability. Yeah, he he already has what two touchdowns over forty yards this season. I think he got three or four plays that's over fifty yards this season. But outside of that, he hasn't had that consistent, yeah, that consistent pace yeah, no. of you know this has uh, been a consistent game. His numbers look good due to one or two big plays per per game, but We've yet to see him be consistent for four quarters throughout. For all the talk of trading for a running back, trading for a wide receiver, I know Mike's going to heard some rumor about trading for a, a defensive lineman, which, you know, I mean, if they want to do that, that's I'm not, I'm not going to criticize the Browns for adding anybody. Right. But I don't see any kind of need at defensive line. But obviously the biggest needs at quarterback. Now, one other thing on the running back situation, Kareem Hunt's played fine considering he's played okay. I didn't like his comments, Jason. Do we have that, that tweet? We do. Give yeah. me one second. I'll I didn't like here. these comments by Kareem Hunt. There's video of it, too. I don't know if we're allowed I'd to like to hear the not. video. I I'm, I don't know that he meant it. In... No, the video is pretty much exactly how the quote looks. Oh, okay. Kareem Hunt, uh, this is from Jake Trotter, uh, not getting the chance to run the ball on the third and three late. Quote, I didn't get a chance the whole fourth quarter, so it's cool. I don't know. I just go and play my role. I feel like I could have helped win. Um, His final touch came with three minutes and 36 seconds left in the third quarter. I, I got a huge beef with this. Kareem Hunt, no offense, dude. You've been a nice NFL player. You're just a guy right now. Yeah. Who who the hell is he at this point? He's just a guy. I thought he was being transparent. Yeah. To it, be totally I, honest with you. I hear what you're saying, and I yeah. tend to agree with it, but I also see his side of it. It was like, yeah. Man, l- give me a chance to help you because he didn't play in the fourth quarter against the Colts either until right. the until yeah. the goal line. But run. the other guys, you know, Strong was doing a nice job. Yeah, I, I just like that a quote like that. Yes, it, he's being honest. You were on the street two months ago, like, and so like, you said because he was on the street, he should just shut up and just and just not say nothing I'm at just, all. You're, when you say something like that, you knock your coach and you denigrate the other running backs. A little bit, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, yeah. I can understand that you you denigrate your And it's not and good for the team. And I wasn't in the locker room. I was yeah. not on the trip. I was not in Seattle. But I yeah. know those guys well enough to know. I'm sure there's a lot of frustrated guys saying, man, run the ball. Why aren't we running the ball? Give You know, let's go. Pretty Give, sure your boy White was like, <laughs> oh, <laughs> we talked about Wyatt last week. What's, yeah. what's the benefit to the team of his comment? None. Because there's negatives. Yeah. But I think, I think Earl's right. I think it was just frustration yeah. in the moment. It's yeah. frustration of... He's not. He wasn't on the field for the fourth quarter against Indy until the last play. Wasn't on the fourth quarter 
at all yesterday. And I'm sure he feels like these guys are competitors. I'm sure he feels like I've got more to give. Right. I res- For sure. I respect him keeping it real. I respect the transparency. But I also understand that you got to take what comes with whatever you do. Right. And with that creates another notion of drama surrounding the Cleveland Browns. Right. I seen that and I tweeted out. I said, coming up next on the next episode of the Cleveland Browns. Yeah, right. Because it seems like every week this season, it's been something. I've even made the joke, the Browns shouldn't be playing on Fox, NBC, or CBS. They need to be playing on VH1 because it seems like a reality TV right. show. Bravo. <laughs> yeah. Seriously. Like, that's, what it, that's what it seems like. The real like, housewives so. of Berea. <laughs> the real house husbands of Berea. Oh, I don't know. Uh, anyway, it's like, like Nick Chubb would never make a statement like that. No. Probably never. Not. Probably not. And yes, okay, he's honest. Fine. And honestly, I'm not going to knock a guy for being honest. I know. It's, it, I'm, it, I'm it, never going to knock a guy for being honest. I am torn honest. about that. But it's, a ne- it's, it's not a positive for the team for him to say that. I mean. Not at all. Not for the team, but like I said, I respect somebody for being fully transparent all and right, keeping it real. Like, Listen, I, I'm not killing him, like, but I just I mean, don't like what, what is he supposed to do? Go out there and lie? Be fake? Like, you know, people... People don't know what they want. Every, every, you know, most you players if, and most coaches are fake. Yeah, yes. you damned if you do, you damned if you don't. That's true. So, yeah, that's true. Fair enough. All right, Mikey, go ahead. I got a couple. So the the week isn't officially over, so a lot of the advanced analytics don't get updated until the week is completely complete. Yeah. So they have it all online. Sure. So nothing's necessarily up to date. They're essentially middle of the pack in anything in terms of success rate, in terms mm-hmm. of expected points for average over. But the one kind of interesting thing I did find and this is updated because PFF updates it on a game-by-game basis. It's not an advanced analytic by any means, but there are specific areas of the line they're just way more effective running at and behind than they are at others. So through all the games now, so through seven games, they are at their best running behind Jed Wills and behind Wyatt Teller. And other than that, they are bottom of the barrel running behind Jed Wills, running right up the middle on their center, running to the right tackle. We're talking a 5.4 yards. Uh, you said Jed Wills, they were good. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Dwan Jones, sorry, excuse me. They're oh. good behind Jed Wills. So they're, they're good really on good the right him. side running the ball. Wait, say no, it again? They're good behind Jed Wills, Yeah, who's a left tackle. Yeah, They're good behind Wyatt Teller, who's the right guard. Okay. Anywhere else, it drops significantly. That's so, surprising. On 47 carries to either the inside or the outside of Jed Wills, they're averaging 5.4 yards per carry on 47 carries. Behind Wyatt Teller, so either to his left or his right, they're averaging 8.1 yards per carry. A little bit inflated by the long touchdown run last week by Jerome Ford. Yeah. But still, 23 carries, 187 yards. There is not another position on the offensive line where they're averaging more than four yards per carry. I thought they'd be better at center. That's trick. I don't know middle. if I love that stat. It's a I'm, tricky, I'm just giving you yeah, what yeah, I could yeah. find updated. So that I, was on I, the I think the bottom line for the Browns running game is they're middle of the road. And considering what we thought they'd be when Nick Chubb got hurt, that's not bad. I'll take middle of the road. I'll middle of the too. road is acceptable. Yeah. I'll take it too. You know. Uh, I heard him on the broadcast talking about how they haven't missed a beat and they're still like this elite running team. And yeah, I'm like, no, no, no. 
Have I been watching the same games? Like, I, by the way, Adam Amin, who do, who did the play by play, is yeah. one of the best play by play guys. He's out excellent. There. He's he excellent. Is absolutely excellent. But the one he, at one point he said, I, I, I imagine every Browns fan watching the game losing their mind when he said it. At one point he goes. And D, uh, Donovan Peoples-Jones is back to return the punt. He's a dangerous return man. <laughs> <laughs> and I pictured everybody, especially like J and, and G, losing their minds on that What do you think Elijah but Moore? But Adam Amin is great. What do you think Elijah Moore return a punt? He did fine. Yeah. He yeah. caught the ball. Yeah. And, Bull, one more thing. <laughs> he caught the that's ball. the bar. <laughs> that's the bar. That's the bar right there. You got to at least catch it. Yeah. One more thing on the running game. Yeah. And this does play into what you're saying about they do have the second most rushing yards per game. Yeah. They average by far the most carries per game in the NFL. So they have 238 carries on the season. That's six in the NFL, but the other teams ahead of them have all played at least eight games, and the six teams below them. So of the top 12, they're the only team in the top 12 with only seven games right. played. They average about four and a half more carries than any other team in the league per game. What are, they, what are the Browns average? I, uh, uh, well, well I, I'd like to look up what the Browns are averaging yards per carry just running backs. I, you don't have to look it up now, but I, I just think that would be – Kind Browns in, are averaging 34 in, yet carries per game, though, as a team. 34 carries per team. The okay. next highest in the league is 31 and a half. So. Are we going to get the defense in just a minute, Mike? But uh, I know a lot of fans are interested in what we have to say, or they have interest in making their comments, or what do you got? Well, you got any feedback from the fans right now before we go to the defense here in a sec? Yeah, we'll get a couple in real quick, and then we're going to do another fan deal. We will get back into it. Yeah. But uh, DBDog21 said, Kevin Stefanski's trying to win the game at the moment. I understand the past, but Adams made a great play. If he hits the pass, we win. So if you want to fire Kevin Stefanski, then we have to cut Cam Mitchell for dropping the pick six. You don't become a great coach overnight. Give him time. Uh, Brody's bottom line says, Jason, you just don't like Kareem. Be honest. You sound foolish. Uh, <laughs> I like Kareem just fine. I like him fine. I, all I said was he's got three wheels left. And the numbers bear it out. Like, he's not this elite back anymore. He's not a feature back anymore. And everyone was so excited when he came here. All yeah. I was doing was trying to reset expectations. He's just the guy. And I mean, he's been it. exactly what I thought he would be. He's been great. Like, I've said <laughs> it before. Around the goal line, give him the ball. Yeah. Like, when, when there was a play where I, I forget what game it was, where I said I, I trust the ball in Kareem's hands more than Jerome Ford yeah, in terms of right. fumbling. You just yeah. said that Friday. Yeah. So, listen, don't listen. Listen, Jason is the most unemotional person on here. I'm dead inside. So I've said it a hundred times. he doesn't hate or love anybody. So when you accuse him of hating a guy, you're always wrong. It doesn't matter who the player is. Yeah. I, I can't think of a player that I actually think you actually hate. No. Only player I know he liked is MJ Emerson. I, I do that, like him. That's the one dude yeah. I know that's we'll his get dude. To him. We'll get to him. <laughs> I do we'll like get MJ. defense in about 60 seconds. Go ahead, Mike. Yeah, I got two more real quick, and yeah. I know we're going to get back to this a little later, but Paramajat Sandhu says, Kevin did call a great game, but when it comes down to situational football, he's terrible just because the Browns' history ah, is so bad. Doesn't mean we as fans should stand for mediocre coaching, and I know Earl wants to touch on that in a little bit, so we'll get back to that. We'll do one more real quick, but Matthew Culpa says, fans who wants the fans get fired. Just want to keep living in the past and live in constant rebuild mode. We're going to read the rest of those a little later in the show. Two things before we get into the defense bowl. First, tomorrow is the one-year anniversary of our membership tiers. So tomorrow, if you've been an official member of the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show for a year, we're going to give you a little special shout-out tomorrow on the show. Oh, and we're going nice. to continue to give some shout-outs to the other one-year anniversary members throughout the week. So we appreciate everyone who is part of that group, and we're going to give you guys a little special shout-out in the next coming days. And it starts, as Bull alluded to earlier, on Tuesday. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. 
Download the Amazon Music app today.